I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag, uh, hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. Today I'm here with uh, Mike Miller, who is a certified peer specialist and a person in long-term recovery. We are going to do a 10 questions episode today. So hi, Mike. Introduce yourself. How are you doing today, David? My name is Michael Miller. Thank you for allowing me to be here. All righty then. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into the questions. First question, why did you start using to begin with? Honestly, when I first started, I would have told you I did it for peer pressure or not off of peer pressure, but because everyone else around me was doing it. But later on, I tracked it down to the trauma that I was going through growing up that contributed to it. Yeah, it's interesting he brings that up. That's something that I that I talk about quite a bit. And if you're just joining, this is the first podcast you've listened to. Uh, they have something that's called the ACES survey. And basically what the ACES survey does is ask 10 questions. And it says, hey, did these things happen to you before, uh, from the time you were born to you were 18 years old? And it's questions like, you know, were you slapped, punched, cussed at, yelled at, screamed at uh, by your parents? Uh were there days that you didn't know whether or not you'd eat or you didn't have clean clothes? Uh, uh, were your mom and dad divorced? Did a member of your household go to prison? And what they found out is if somebody scores a four, so they answer yes to four of those 10, they are 12 times more likely to att- have attempted suicide and seven times more likely to develop an alcohol use disorder. And if somebody scores a six, their life expectancy is 20 years shorter, and they are 46 times, so 4,600% more likely to inject illicit drugs than somebody who uh, who scores a zero. So a lot of times, you know, uh, when I talk about addiction, I'd say for a lot of us, it's it's not a uh, it's not a problem. It's a solution. You know, the problem is unaddressed trauma, uh, unaddressed. unaddressed, untreated depression, anxiety, some things like that. And, you know, you speaking of that just kind of points to how true that is for quite a few of us. So question number two, what made you decide to stop? Well, I realized I didn't want my kids to kind of fall down the same path as me. So I had to show them something better and show them that there was another way around, you know, uh, the way of living that I was doing. Because all I was showing them was a bad lifestyle. I was able to, once I finally got clean, I'm able, now I'm able to show them a better way. Okay. Plus, I needed to because I was scared I was going to die anyways, and I didn't want to die yet. Right, right. So, uh, what does recovery mean to you? A new way of life, honestly, for me. Um means doing what's necessary, whatever it may be that I need to do, whether it makes me uncomfortable or 
whether it takes up a lot of my time or whether it may put something that I want to do that's not recovery related to the side to focus on, you know, staying clean, going to meetings, uh, you know, talking to somebody. You know, I find now that I'm in recovery, things that I normally would never talk to people about, I find that if I open up and talk to them about it, it helps me find a solution for it faster. Okay. So what were the things that kind of got you into recovery to begin with? Well, you know, I could always pull the card like everyone else says, you know, my PO made me do it. My PO made me do it. But that's not true because I chose to not go to prison and I chose to take the alternative, you know, and that honestly, I just I knew that if I would have went to prison, I would have just came out worse than where I already was. So I wanted to take the initiative to at least give the program, you know, I went into sober living at New Beginnings, which I'm now employed with them as their CPS, part of the JRI program, which I am the first one in Springfield, Missouri to successfully graduate from as well. So uh, I just wanted to wanted to do something new. I wanted to give back to the community and didn't want to die, as I stated in the last question. Okay. Or second to last. And uh, JRI stands for Justice Reinvestment Initiative, right? Yeah, now they changed it to the ICTS program. So. What is IT? I- okay. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Uh, treatment success is the last part that I know of, and I know I went through treatment, and I know I succeeded. So, <laughs> so what's involved in JRI? Just as an additional question, since a lot of people may not be familiar with that program. Well, they basically give you a team of people that are there for you. That, uh, you know, like let's say you just come out of prison and you don't have ID, you don't have a resume, you don't have a job, you don't know where to go, what to do, you can't really afford your rent, you can't get a place yet. You know, a lot of times they let you out of prison with a bogus, you know, uh, what is it called again, a home plan. You know, so a lot of guys, they'll come out and go right back into the same old mess that got them locked up to begin with, what JRI or ICTS does now is they help you, you know, get into sober living if you have a substance use issue. You know, uh, they help you get the, if you need met, if you have a, you know, behavioral health issue, mental health issue, they help you get the meds, they help you uh, get therapy, they help you find a job, build a resume. If you want to go to school, they get you in touch with all the resources for that. It's just a great giant you know, network of resources to prove to you that people do care whether you succeed in this world or not and that they're willing to help you get there as long as you're willing to help yourself. Okay. And in uh, early recovery, what was it that helped you maintain your uh, sobriety the most? Like, was there... Pro-social activities, honestly, because uh, I did do drug court. I've been through that rodeo. I went through it for three and a half years and successfully completed it, you know, but when I got done with it, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to have fun and stay sober doing it. I mean, yeah, by then I had kids and I'd take them to the park, but then what do you do when it's just you time and your kids are gone with their grandparents or other relatives or things like that? So this time around I learned pro-social activities and 
really got involved with it and you know I just it was great it's a great feeling because now I know how to I can go bowling and stay sober I can and remember you know right how I bowled and remember the little tricks that I learned you know there's small things in it man that you just don't realize until you get sober that just means the difference so pro-social activities are kind of just positive things that you do in community or you can do them in community you can honestly i'm realizing you can do it like just personal time too you know like uh me and my girlfriend will go and get something to eat we may go to a restaurant that does serve alcohol but it doesn't mean we gotta get it because we have a great time together sober right so yeah yeah i love pro-social activities it's probably why i started better life and recovery but Hmm. you know i know like yeah you talk about bowling like for me it's it's float trips you know i always say my second church is in a kayak on the river Hmm. i mean there's the serenity that i get through that and i always say you know like if i were to go uh float with one other person and that person were to use I, i might find myself in a difficult situation yeah i might be in trouble you know, if there's 20 of us that are sober and one person uses, they may find themselves in a difficult situation. You know, it's kind of kind of it kind of shifts the dynamic and it gives me the ability to uh, there's definitely strength in numbers. Right? Yeah, of course. I go on several of those float trips with you, David. Absolutely. They're fun. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so what's the most important thing you think you've done for your recovery? Not giving up. You know, there's so many times that I probably could have just said forget it all and you know either went back home to memphis or you know stuck around the old people i used to hang out with you know and that i think now it's just not giving up and you know not not letting myself down you know it's something that i've learned to except nowadays is the concept of you can fail yourself and not even realize it a lot of times so being more aware of you know who you are internally is a big difference as well absolutely so is there one thing you do every day that helps you maintain your recovery you know uh so whatever works for everyone will work for everyone but me personally god is a big big key in my recovery and I wake up in the morning and I start my my reading and you know uh reading his word every day burying myself in it meditating in it and you know trying to carry that over into the rest of my day kind of starts off positively. Okay. So So what is it that keeps you from going back to those old behaviors today? Man, death in a sense because I fear of Honestly, my biggest fear is letting God down after, like, he put up with me for so long. <laughs> right. Ripping and running around and being a knucklehead, you know, is what John Stoop at Freeway would say. But I, uh, I don't know, man. Like, honestly, I don't want to let him down. I don't want to let the, the new family that I've gained down. I don't want to let my kids down, you know. So and I don't want to let myself down. I know I was meant for more, and I'm slowly but surely getting there. So you're already kind of touching on this next question, but they talk about the gifts of recovery. Mm-hmm. What has changed in your life? Like, what's changed positively in your life since you stopped using? 
Man, a sense of purpose, you know. Uh, so many times in my recovery, I ran around. I was really a chicken with my head cut off, but I thought I knew what I was meant to do. Oh, I was meant to do this. I was right. meant to do that, you know. And now that I'm sober, I actually found a purpose, and my purpose is to give back to others and help them. You know, if you would have caught me before I started recovery, I would have never. I don't like people, you know, and now I, I work with a, a lot of people and, you know, talk to a lot of people, help people, you know, find uh, the proper resources to help them cope with whatever they're dealing with at the time, you know, so. Like, even this interview is, like, I would have never did anything like this back then, so I am fairly new. I know surely, as I get further and further along, I'll get better at, like, answering questions. Absolutely. Yeah, I've actually known you for... For a while. I met you back when I was in drug court. You were actually working with uh, Preferred Health Family, and I was going through Heartland. Oh, man. And I remember hearing you talk about float trips and different things like that, but at Heartland, we weren't doing any of that. It was open to everybody. I tried to invite, but, you know, I, I don't know how well the main counselor there was at, <laughs> at encouraging you guys to attend the pro-social activities we did because everything we've always done is open to everybody in the community. Yeah. Right? We won't even get on that, that subject. We won't even touch that because... All I did was sit in there three and a half years with her discussing her infatuation with The Rock and Marvel Comics. So I get it. I like Marvel Comics and The Rock, too. I get it, man. Um, I don't know if that's how I'd have spent sessions, but, you know. Right. So, this last question, uh, and basically how these questions were formed, I guess I forgot to get into that before we started. So, I... Uh, just sent out uh, a Facebook thing and an email to everybody on our email list. And I was like, hey, if you could talk to somebody in recovery, what would be the top questions that you would want them to answer? And I got back like 50 different questions and I created a poll and then I sent it out again and had everybody go on the poll and answer. And these were the top 10 questions that all those people um, some in recovery, some not in recovery, uh, some some just allies, some uh, parents and family members of somebody either in recovery or somebody with an active substance use disorder. And I also reached out to some of the people I knew they were actively using too. And these are the top 10 questions that came back after they all voted on the poll. All right. So if you could travel back in time and talk to yourself the day before you started using, what would you say to yourself? Well... I would tell myself that it gets better, but I wouldn't change anything, you know, if I travel back in time. So I don't know if I would even say anything that could remotely change the the way that things happen. Because if I went back and said maybe the wrong thing that struck an idea on myself, I probably wouldn't have my kids I have now. Right. I probably wouldn't be as far as I am now. I would have probably either been like, oh, I don't care what he's talking about or anything like that so i don't know that's a that's a good question but i don't think i would tell myself anything to be honest because i wouldn't want to um derail myself off from the yeah. path that i i've walked so i hear you that's a good question though yeah um that's kind of what i always say to you when people ask me that question i'm like i like the life i have now i have 
you know, a couple different nonprofits uh, that I work with and a lot of people in uh, the community and around the country that I work with. I have an amazing wife. I have two great kids. I've got really good support system. I've got some great friends. And if anything in my past changed, I might not have what I have today. Yeah. My son and daughter might not exist. I may have never met my wife. So if I'm happy where I'm at today, I can't live with any regrets. True. You know, I talked about this in the last uh, 10 question ones. I- I'd love to get a uh, tattoo or make a t-shirt that says no regrets. Yeah, like you that know, commercial. Like that messed up <laughs> tattoo, but just say no regrets. And, and uh, you know, on the back of the t-shirt, it would say, uh, man, it, I have zero regrets in my no. past because I love the life I have today. Or it would make people go, you know, that's misspelled. And I'd be like, no, I did that on purpose. Yeah. Because I want people to know that it doesn't matter what mistake you made, what what uh, mistakes or the horrific things that happened to you in the past. You can't regret that if you are happy with where you're at today. Yeah. And I know that may come from a place of privilege. But honestly, I mean, for me, and as and I'm talking to somebody, you know, I have a lot of trauma too, right? I mean, my first memory is being molested. I mean, I grew up in a house where I was beat and my grandpa would call into school, you know, and be like, sorry, you can't come into school this week and keep me out of school until the custom bruises healed up and say something like I was helping him on the farm or something like that. Um, I can't take back any of that. I can't regret any of that because, you know, a lot of that I you had no control have. over anyways. Absolutely. So. And I also, uh, you know, discovered, and it took me a while. Uh, in fact, I, I say like with my grandpa, I was hating my grandpa after he was still in the ground. I mean, he wasn't even alive and he still had power and control over me. And what I realized is it's not good for my soul to hate somebody either. Yeah. You know, but for sure, not having regrets today means I'm at a good place. Not a, not a great place. You know, I'm, right. I'm not where I want to be. Uh, but I surely am not where I am. Same thing with you. I mean, I'm sure that there's things in your life that you still want to accomplish. Oh yeah. Kind of that SAMHSA definition of recovery where it says, uh, 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 the very end part of it. Let's see. Uh, uh, improving your health and wellness, living a self-directed life and striving to reach your full potential. I'm always, we're always going to be trying to reach our full potential and we're never going to reach it. Mm-mm. Right. It means being a little bit better today than I was yesterday, but, but Yeah. I mean, if I could go back, I'd probably be like, dude, it's going to be a wild ride. Take some of the time you spent doing nothing or shuffling the faces off of cards and learn how to play guitar. <laughs> That's the only thing I would probably change right. is I would know Me how too. to play guitar now. Me too. Because that'd be so much cooler if I could play guitar. Anyway, um, yeah, I want to thank you for your time, for the listeners out there. Uh you know, once again, uh, we have a new podcast that comes out every Sunday. There's different topics. Sometimes it's 10 questions like today. Uh, I will say this in parting, and then I'll let Michael kind of close out uh, if he has any additional final thoughts to throw out there. Listen, man, if you are still actively using, you care about somebody who is using, you know what? There is a better life. And recovery looks different for different people, right? Uh, Recovery for some people may just be, you know what? Uh, I am going to a syringe access and I'm getting sterile syringes and I'm not reusing syringes or sharing syringes and I'm not risking getting HIV, uh, hep C, sepsis. And, you know, today I have a roof over my head and I was homeless a week ago. You know, for some people that's recovery, but man, find that place um, that's going to give you a better quality of life. And, you know, for some people, like I said, you may use for the rest of your life. 
but maybe if we could do it a little less chaotically, maybe if we could do it a little safer, then we're going to be a better place in our life and it's going to help us achieve some of those things that we really want to achieve. Uh, any closing thoughts for you, Mike? Honestly, anyone who's struggling with recovery, all I can really tell them is have an open mind about it and to their family, have kind of an open heart, you know, because it is a hard, rocky road and it sucks doing it alone, you know. Yeah. Without uh, support from your family, I mean, I had to let go of most of mine and build a whole, you know, do it on my own, but God gave me a whole new family, so there you go. I'm blessed for it, but... Besides that, I don't know. Well, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate your time. And anybody listening, I appreciate you listening in as well. Uh, hope everybody has an amazing week. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe you would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. Uh, there's a Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, BLIR underscore NPO. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast?